to Beyond Dragondom from wherever you are listening to today. The weekly episode channel for fantasy adventure stories. My name is Leslie. I am the author, the creator, and the narrator of Tales from Dragondom and Beyond and Aisha's Adventures Through Quantum Time and Space. Aisha, Portal to Dragondom, is the first in the series. I hope you enjoy the episodes as much as I enjoy writing them. If you are listening to me on my YouTube or podcast platforms and would like to leave a like or would like to know automatically when the next weekly episode is live, I understand you can do this by pressing the follow. Shall we join Aisha now and her friends in her adventures in Dragondom and beyond? Episode 27 Carly Arrives There was a low rumble that seemed to vibrate through the very ground, and it was then accompanied by a shimmering of the air near where the warrior Tarun was standing. Then, through the shimmering, the outline I knew so well of Kali. Standing at almost twice the height of the tallest Tarun, her four arms rapidly moving in circles, causing a rolling rumble that increased as she hammered her large feet down on the ground and marched forward. For a few seconds, the air was electric. No one moved. Then, as if all attached to each other by an invisible thread, all the warriors mobilised. Staying well out of reach of the mass of arms that sliced through the air, at this moment, the massive, curved swords that on earth Kali is depicted with were not visible. However, I had no doubt at all that she would put them through their paces to show their strengths without doing them any lasting damage apart from maybe to their pride. Two of the truants circled further out than the rest. It looked as if they were looking for an area of the massive body that may have a weak point. The others circled and moved swiftly on their feet, holding her attention. Then the fireballs started to fly, Carly simply rapid-firing them from her hands at all who were around her. Some fell in front of them, causing them to dive backwards, only to have to roll sideways as others flew into the sandy, volcanic soil where they had landed. The crowd gasped. Some of the warriors only moved with a split second of time from being charred. Yes, this may be holographic, but it was very real in every way. One by one, the staffs were slammed hard on the ground. The hard flint walking tip forced into the soft sand. Immediately there was a shimmering orange glow around each of the warriors. This would have been their own personal shield, as it moved with their every movement. Still, 
they moved to ensure they could keep ahead of Carly. Now I noticed from behind, one of the warriors had his staff at right angles to his body, and with a sudden movement, pulled it back towards him. Even from where we sat, I could feel the pressure in the air, as from the top end of the staff, there was a release of a sound shockwave. The sound was very high-pitched. I heard it, but was also aware that none of those around me seemed to do so. Carly pivoted and raised one of her monstrous feet. The warrior flew through the air backwards and simply disappeared into mid-air. As if galvanised by the fate of their friend, the warriors, one after another, with perfect synchronicity, lowered their staff and sent forth the sound wave directly at Carly. She slowed, but did not stop. She countered by raising her own glowing white shielding. Now what? Three of the warriors separated slightly from the others and stood as if making a triangle around her. Yet well away from what was happening, they trained their staffs towards her, sending the sound waves with ever-increasing high-frequency sound. One from behind, the other two seemed to be directing their sound towards her arms. I closed my eyes and opened my inner mind and my inner sight and homed into the frequency to see if I could see what was happening. Now I could see the semicircular rolling waves of sound as they left the staff and headed towards their destination, Carly. The one behind her was concentrating between her shoulder blades. The other two ended on either side, concentrating on her continuously moving arms. Going deeper, I could feel a little confusion in Carly herself. All three sets of waves were, in fact, entering her and slowly sleeping power from within this avatar that had been sent. I looked back towards one of the Tarun who was sending the sound and found I could follow the vibration right down through the staff and into the actual body itself. This force was coming from the very heart of his chi and the staff was literally just concentrating it and sending it forward. I pulled back into the now. Right before my eyes, there was Carly, covered with climbing cords. These seemed to be let loose from somewhere near the top of the staff that were held together by half of the Turin warriors. From those on her back, I noticed that the warriors were working in tandem. One had their staff and climbing cord attached to Carly. The warrior nearest were now using not their staffs, but what appeared to be a triple short cord with three oblong toggles on the ends. These I had previously seen, and Bell Aldwin called them the gaucho. Now these were being used for another use, and the Tarun were expertly shimmering up the cords towards the massive body, using their legs to propel themselves forward and upwards, while Carly was busy with those in front of her. 
Like swatting flies, she was after them. The first room touched her shield and immediately disappeared. The others, seeing what happened, jumped down to the ground and moved back to stand next to their cord-holding companion. They then started to run around her in a wide circle, the cords seeming to glow and grow in length, until Carly was finding it difficult to move her massive legs. She started to topple and then came down with a crash. Arms, while apparently pinned, still flying around to beat off her smaller attackers. But not for long, as they had been weakened by the sound concentrating on them. Now another lower vibration sound came to fill the air. It grew in strength and also started to become not just a single sound, but a variation in tones that were harmonious, yet also very foreboding. I watched in fascination and disbelief as Carly seemed to become calm and refrain from a struggle. I knew she had not come in with her full power against them, but this I could not believe. Yes, I knew the strength of sound as a weapon, yet as a weapon that could calm and almost hypnotise an opponent into submission. This I could not yet get my head around, even more so as no one else was affected. Michael stepped forward and walked towards the fallen Carly. All the cords left her body, and she slowly raised herself and brought her avatar to a similar size to those around her. Those warriors, who had simply disappeared, also became whole again, having been released to return from wherever they had been translocated to. I turned to Minush. How did they do all of that with their staff and the short cord, I noticed, on everyone's belt? I could hear her laughter in my mind. Aisha, you will have to ask Tandor to explain it to you. It is something we have all been able to do. But I would not know where to start in explaining it. It is something we, Tarun, know from birth. It is, if you like, an inbuilt instinct. You mean all of you can do any of that? Well, not as well as the warriors, but yes. Our conversation was interrupted by Tandor and Michael. What did you think? It was only a short demo, but I hope you were impressed. I will, however, have to talk to those who were sent to Michael's safety box. They must practice double for that loss of concentration. I looked at Tandor. Very interesting. I would like to know more about what you can do with your staff and that other second weapon, the sound one, that you use. Captain, the staff is something that we, Tarun, have had from the beginning of our existence. Each one is crafted by the user and has its own unique attachment to the warrior's mind. The Bolidoros, I believe, are still used on your earth, Hamid, from what Michael tells me. This I am proud of, for it was the Tarun who gave those 
to the earth tribes, along with much of our knowledge of farming and irrigation. I will show and tell you more when we have finished, for Michael has more of our uses for you to witness. He turned to Michael. That is so, is it not, my friend? Michael looked at me. What do you think, Aisha? Do you need to see more? Or do you believe now that the Tarun can bring much to the small group of light warriors to work with? I had to admit that they would be very useful. Their abilities to work as a group, or as a pair, and their work with sound had been enough for me to know there would be times when they, along with others with special abilities, could be very useful against many of the Darkling minions. I had seen enough. So it was that for the first of the new team, I had found them. It was time to say goodbye for the now and return first to the holographic space created by Master Wen Chu, then back to Dragondom with Ipica. Before we left, I was shown the hidden portal and told how I could utilise it any time without fear of apprehension by any. I placed my own specially crafted key with that for the portal of Master Wen Chu, saying a fond farewell to my new friends and colleagues. I promised I would return. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode from Aisha, Portal to Dragondom. Join me in future episodes as Aisha first learns who she really is and learns the skills that she will need and be with her when she faces the Darkling, the evil that is sent to disrupt the world in which she lives. As her adventure in Dragondom and learning from the masters of the elven warriors just what she really is all unfold thank you for listening and if you would like to i would appreciate it if you press the like button or follow for now i wish you goodbye Thank you.